Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Today is going to be another one of those messages, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you from the, from the, from the jump, um, this is a message for Y-O-U. Nudge your neighbors, say, that's you, <laughs> and that's me. Yep, this is a message um, for every person in this room. This is a message for those that are tuned in right now through Facebook Live. This is a message uh, that is going to be for those tuned in to podcast at a later date, which, by the way, we're so honored that you are tuned in today. This message is t- designed specifically to help us through relationships. Nudge your neighbor, tell them, say, I need help. I need help help in relationships. So if you brought your Bibles, let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes and then get something to write with or or your iPhone, iPad, glowing, notepad, whatever it is. Uh, You're going to want to take notes on this today. I'm going to give you quite a bit of information and then we're going to honor our graduates at at the conclusion of the service today. Amy Weber, I love you, and I'm so proud of you and all that God is doing in your life. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, beginning with verse 9. I'm going to read this from the um, New Living Translation. It says this. Actually, I read this last night at the wedding of Delexon and Allie. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Now, let me just stop right here. This This is not a message for married people, because I know we've got single people in here. This is for anybody that is breathing air today, that you have any form of relationship, friendship. It, it, it takes it, okay? Here we go. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone <laughs> is in real big trouble. I want to speak to you today from the subject, building healthy relationships. Building healthy relationships. I'm just going to be honest with you. Relationships take work. If It don't matter if you've been married for three days, three years, three months. You will realize real quick that marriage <laughs> takes work. And all my married people said... Amen. I thought about I should have I thought about this before I came out. I should have ordered two and had one for Amy as well. And we both because it takes both of us in I know y'all are like, wow, Pastor B. I'm 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 trying my to build my case for, for Andy Gay, who's not here, to let me ride that tractor one more time. Let me loose on that property. <laughs> and so relationships take work. It doesn't matter if it's your marriage. Because how many knows when you, when you put two people together, some of that stuff that was, this is mine and this is yours and this is the way I do it, some of that stuff gets chipped away. And as it's chipping away, it can damage the relationship if you're not careful and you do it God's way. So anything in life that is, that is worth anything takes extreme effort and extreme work. The real truth about life is this. You're going to face challenges. Somebody said, Pastor B, I came for some hope today, not for you to tell me what I already know. 
life is full of challenges. You're going to face storms. There's going to be seasons where you have to deal with issues. You're going to have to go through tough times. You're going to have to go through painful times. You're going to have to go through uh, disappointments. You're going to have to go through death. You're going to have to go through these things. But with the help of God, you will, you will, you can make it through that season of life. I believe that today. I'm standing here today as a product of that very thing. As long as you live a life hidden in Christ. The arrow may be formed. It may hit, but it will not destroy. Because life is painful. The things that we go through are very painful. But I'm here today to tell you it will not destroy you. I don't know who that's for today, but it will not destroy you. And what the Bible is essentially telling us in Ecclesiastes is don't do it alone. Whatever you do in life, don't do it alone. It's something we, we've said here a long time. We're better together. We, we're stronger together. And, and it's not just a Christian cliche statement. I'm just telling you, I, I hear it all the time. And, 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 and specifically when we're here uh, during our prayer time and pre-service run through and all those things, the people that, that are coming in, they're just in awe. And it's our leadership team that says just in awe of, what, uh, of the tightness and the unity that we have as a family. Amen. This, is, this may be your first time here, first time guest, but guest has been shaved away. You are now family. Whether you choose to stay or not, you're still family. That's just how we look at it, okay? If you live in this area, you are your family. <laughs> you're just family. Don't do life alone. Don't struggle alone. Don't go through the high points of, of That's why I did. I know she didn't ask for me to, to recognize what she doesn't care about the recognition or the title. She's just there to serve people, serve and be a resource for teachers. Come on. But, but, but we're not to celebrate and go through the high moments of our life alone because the enemy will try to, try to, try to let, make you feel like, oh, it's not really that important. You're just the principal. No, it's very important. The role that you have at your job is very important. You got to look past the, I'm a stocking a shelf and I'm punching a time clock. You got to look past, I'm, I'm patrolling the streets. You got to look past that I'm, I'm hell. You got to look at what are, you're serving people. You may be stocking a shelf on third shift, but you're serving people. Providing it so that somebody can come in the next morning to a blocked shelf. There is purpose for your life. Don't don't listen to the lie of the enemy that would cause you to believe that your life is pointless. Hear me, your life is not pointless. There is a point. So in today's talk, I want to give you three Critical components. We joked last week that Amy gave you five keys and was out in 20 minutes. I'm like, I'm going to give him three keys and see what I can do. (laughs) Because everybody loved Amy. Everybody loved Amy. Hey, pastor, we got out before 12. (laughs) Hallelujah. And and the guests are here today going, oh, did we make the right decision? How long is he going to keep us? I'm just kidding. So three critical components that you and I need to building healthy relationships. Let me give you the first one right off the bat. Trust. The first component that you need in any relationship, marriage, friendship, on the job, in the church, is trust. To build healthy relationships requires a high, high level of trust. When I trust you, what I'm ultimately saying is, I have a bold, secure confidence in you. 
Let me say it this way to those of you who have families. When trust is high in the home, there's a confidence and a security that's present. When there's a, when there's a high level of trust in the home, there's a confidence and a security. I don't know about husbands. I don't know about your spouse or your wife, but my wife likes to feel secure. Amen. Amen, security. It requires a high level of trust. It's saying I've got nothing to prove because I'm in a safe place. And the safety level is high because the trust level is high. So what does trust feel like? Let's, let's look at that. What does trust feel like? Write this down. Trust feels like safety, trust feels like ease, and trust feels like I can just be me with nothing to prove. When we were dating, there were things about me that I didn't let her know because I wanted her to stay. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, but not everybody's going to admit it. You put on your best, your best you put your best on, right? When, right, but then when you and you can't keep that up all the time, and all those that are dating right now said, "Amen." You cannot keep up that high level of of lying. <laughs> That's not who you are. <laughs> you can't you can't keep up that that Pinterest facade. So when you're home and the trust level is high, I can be me without apology. And, she, and, and she's proven it over 20 years of marriage that, that she'll let me be me. Now, she might point out my flaws, but, she, but she'll tell you real quick, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here. How many can relate? Yeah, safety in the home makes, it makes, it makes you, I have nothing to prove. I can be real around you because I trust you. And that is something that, that we, are, we, are, we have put a high priority on cultivating in this family, this church, is that this is a safe place where you, where you, it, you can, it, there's a high trust level that you can be you and there's nobody passing judgment. Absolutely. Not from the pastor, not from a board, not from a leadership team. You be you. Because we love you like Christ loves you. And the way Christ loves you is he sees your imperfections. And we're not worried about it. I started the whole message off. We're not. We're not. I'm not just saying. We're not worried. We're just talking about where you're headed. Let's do this. Let's do life together. When you're on the mountaintop, we're going to talk about it. Let's, let's celebrate. And then when you stumble and fall and you come down in the pit, we're going we're gonna to be right down in here with you. What can we do to make this better? What can we do to help your family? What can we do? What, what's the church need? What's your family need to engage and help you so we can put you back up on the mountaintop? That's called a safe place. That's called a place that you can trust. I don't want you to ever walk in here and go, I just don't know if I can trust everything he's saying. I'm going to tell you the whole, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me, God. Amen. You may not like the truth, but it, the word says the truth that you know will set you free. Amen? You may not feel this kind of safety around your coworkers, and that's okay. You may not feel that kind of safety that you can just be real and be you in your community. That's okay. But at home, the trust level is high because there must be a place. It's important. There must be a place where you can express the real you without apology. Okay? Now, if you're, in a, if you're in a relationship where you feel like you're, you've always got to perform at a high level, always having to prove yourself, it's because there's a huge lack of trust. 
Write this down. Trust requires truth. We're just talking about trust. Trust requires truth. Trust requires transparency. We talked a little bit about this two weeks ago in guarding your heart. Trust requires time. Let me hit the pause button right there for just a second and tell you that if there's been a breaking of trust in the relationship and you are the offender, listen, you do not get to set the time. If you're the offender and you've broken trust, you do not get to set the time frame that it takes to rebuild the trust. You know, stuff like, oh, come on, do you trust me yet? You don't get to ask those questions if you're the offender. Now, if you're the, if you're the one who is offended, hear me, you need to run to Jesus and maybe a counselor. Back to the one who's the offender. Listen, you must be committed to the time that it takes for the trust to be rebuilt. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. The reason that the, the one offended needs to, either, needs to immediately go to God and the, and the person also needs to, to uh, possibly go to, go to a counselor is because time can be sped up or it can be slowed down depending on your ability to address the process of offense. You were never, you were never meant to carry an offense. And I see it in people all the time. Y'all know, y'all know my, my little inside joke. They'll get up, leave the church with a hot neon sign on their back that says, offended, offended, offended. You'll see them in Walmart. They'll, they'll, oh, they caught eyes, offended, offended. You'll send a text, offended, offended. A text with no response, offended. Listen, you were not meant to carry an offense. I'm trying to help somebody. Because carrying an offense will produce a fence that will not allow you to go through and, 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 and get to the place where God is trying to get you to go because there's a fence, a fence there because you're carrying something that you were never meant to carry and the enemy will gladly put it on you. There's two types of people in the room right now. People who are deeply, listen, people who deeply value truth and they're comfortable with conflict that truth can bring. <laughs> okay, hold on, did you hear me? Listen, I'm going to say it again. There, there are people who value deeply the truth. Did you know there's people who deeply value lies? That their whole life is consumed with a lie? But these people, they're comfortable with conflict and the truth that conflict brings. That's me. I, I, I'm that, that's my personality. I'm not scared of, of conflict. I will address conflict immediately. I will not shy away from it. I may have to get in the prayer closet and pray to God, help my flesh, which is my mouth and my heart and my head. My, I do know what's what, but because if I, don't get, if I don't get with him, I will address things in an improper way. And, and, and even though I meant well, I can destroy a relationship. I can destroy my marriage. Always go, back to, always go back and ask God, how should I handle this? These are the people who aren't confrontational, but they are absolutely comfortable in confrontation. That's what I was trying to say. The second type of people in this room are people who hate conflict. Where you at? You're like, I'm not even going to admit it because then someone's going to be like, they know that I don't want conflict. People who hate conflict, therefore, they find themselves avoiding uncomfortable conversations. Anybody want to admit it? You just avoid com un uncomfortable conversations. Listen, 
These are not liars, but they will avoid telling the whole truth because they hate the thought of having a confrontation. Now, if you fall into the first group of people who deeply value the truth, let me read Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, 4-2, excuse me. 4-2 says this. Yeah. Always be humble and gentle. <laughs> be patient with each other. I loved how, I need to stop right there. I loved how Amy was talking about confrontations last week. And she was talking about confrontations and people who can't get along in the church. So let me go back and read this again. Because that, is, that happens, guys. I remember at a church I was on staff at years ago in Georgia. Two ladies got into a conversation, a rather heated conversation in the bath, in the ladies' restroom before church. And both ladies walked out the door and went straight out to their cars. And it was like they had a neon sign on the back of their dress, offended, offended. Amen. The devil would do everything he can. Somebody said, I'm not going to the restroom before church. <laughs> Handle your business before church, before you get here. Because the enemy, will, he will go in there with you. Come on, we're not, we, that's a, what's a one-stall restroom. When we get to our building very soon, soon and very soon, we're going to have other stalls. And the enemy will use every opportunity. You're already in the church house. And he'll use every opportunity he can to get you distracted and offended so that you walk out and don't even get to hear what the Word of God was prepared for you. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. All right, let me move down to to verse 15. This is the one I really wanted to give you. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. He is the head of his his body and the church. So speaking the truth in love, for those of you that like... How many knows it's hard when you know, when you know you're right? I'm, I'm talking about me, okay? When I know I'm right, I like I know I'm right. I'm not talking about it might be, just might be. No, I know I'm right. It's hard to... <laughs> she's shaking her head. She knows. It's hard not to go, na 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 Right? That's not in love. That's a dig. I, I, I need all spouses to look right up here, okay? Because I, I feel like I just saw some movement in this area, right? Y'all just stay right up here. I'm trying to help you not create a bigger mess. Oh, me. <laughs> Speak the truth in love. What's the scripture saying right here? Be nice. Be nice. Be nice. Write that on your paper. Be nice. <laughs> Be nice. It's not that difficult. It really isn't. How many of you know it's hard sometimes? Yeah? It's hard. It's not just me. I'm going to shed the light. I'm going to put the light on her. I'm going to put the light on her. Oh, <laughs> she's, she's like, yeah. When mama's right, oh, she lets daddy know. Yeah. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. I know that. that you don't like being put the spotlight on you, do you, babe? I love you. We in this together. Amen? We helping people together by talking about us. <laughs> what not to do. Jesus, help us. Yeah, but Pastor B, I got to keep it real. I got to keep it 100. That, that, I, I, I'm just going, I just got to, no, you can keep it real and you can keep it 100, but you can also do it nicely, nicely. Huh? Absolutely. Why is this so important? Write this down, because truth without love will never lead to trust. 
And this is for all my brothers who, who in churches across America who stand behind this pulpit. You can tell the truth and there be no love behind it and you will never get trust from the people you were trying to help. I think I said it this way before that truth without love is like surgery, surgery without anesthesia. You're cutting somebody with every attempt of hurting them rather than helping them. So that's why I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share stuff from God's word that you may, it may not be comfortable for you, but it'll be a lot more comfortable for you to hear it here than to remember it in hell. Oh, oh. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 9, in the NLT says this, don't lie to each other. What? What's the Apostle Paul saying? What, what, Pastor, what do you really think that the Holy Spirit was wanting us to know right here? Quick, easy, here it is. Don't lie. Don't lie. Let me say this about lying. Lying is scary <laughs> because the more you do it, the better you get at it. And the more you do it, the more you believe the lie. And the lie becomes the truth, even though it's still a lie. Write this down. Lying always separates. Lying always separates. Matthew 5.37 in the ESV says this. Let what, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. Let me explain. Don't swear. Don't overpromise. And don't over-exaggerate. Because that's a lie. Don't swear, don't promise, don't over-exaggerate. Don't over and don't overextend yourself. Because that's a lie. Let me speak, to, the, let me speak to, to making promises that are hard to keep. Don't overextend yourself or commit to do something that you know based on your schedule isn't going to happen. Because if you don't, if you, it, I, I love, oh, Amy's into these, these old uh, TV shows, movies and stuff. Uh, uh, Y'all remember, you remember back in the day when your word was your bond? Like your word, like you, I'm a man of my word. You knew that if they said it, that was it. Like there was no signing. You just, you just had a handshake. Those days are gone. Because I can tell you anything you want to hear with a smile on my face just to get you gone. And walk away going, I am so good. <laughs> Because I'm not showing up for that event. I'm not doing that. And matter of fact, you might even try. You might, you might try. You might think that you really can. But we need to get to a place to be a people that I know that I can't do this. So my answer, the Bible says that your yeses be yes and your noes be noes. If you know no is the answer, then let no be it. Because when you break down trust, trust, it's hard to rebuild. I'm talking about us in our marriages. Come on, think about this now. If Amy asked me to do something and I know that my schedule is not going to allow today, I'm going to be like... I, I can't. There may be an I'll try for her, but I have to be careful because if, because if I let her down, think about this, those of you who have, who have children, and, and you t we, we were, we were, we were um, guilty of this with our kids, with our girls, making promises that we're going to take them to Six Flags. We really had all intentions of doing it, but something else slipped in, and we claimed more priority on that church event, hello, Versus our family and a commitment that we made to our girls and we crushed their heart. So guess what happened the next time we said we were going to go to Six Flags? There was a lack of trust because I, we said it. We said we were going to do it before. We said we were going to show up, but we didn't. See what I'm saying? 
So let your yeses be yes and your noes be noes. And if a no offends somebody, so be it. I promise you that it will put a strain on your relationship faster than you can say I'm sorry. The last thing I want to say about trust is this. I've spent a lot of time on trust because trust is huge. If you don't have trust, you don't have much of anything. Okay? Regardless of how you may feel about yourself, you're not perfect. You're not going to be perfect in relationships, and you're going to make mistakes. I'm giving you that, 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 re, that breather right there. Because we're the ones that put on that, we're the ones that put on the expectation that I, I got to check all the boxes off for. Listen, when you make a mistake, I, t- I said this two weeks ago, own it. Don't, if I blow up at her or, or the girl or one of the girls, I got to own it. I'm not telling you that I've been perfect at this. I got to own it, right? I can't blame it. I'm stressed out. I can't blame it that I've been doing this, that, and the other all day long. I can't blame it on that I broke down on, on the side of the road in my car. So now I'm coming home. I'm going to take it out on y'all. How many knows you take it out on the people that are there? Because you feel safe. And they may, they may allow you to do that, but you're, 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 you're cutting away at the trust level, even though you feel I can be this way because she's going to trust me anyway. Just own it. How do I own it? Yep, I did it. I said it. I'm a jerk. The reason I identify with me being the jerk, because when, when we first got married, she'd tell me all the time, yep, that's a jerk move right there. That was a jerk. So I recognized my jerkness, and I would... <laughs> She was helping me. I mean, this, is not, this is not dogging on her. She was helping me. So, so when you make a mistake, own it. I was a jerk. I, I blew it. I'm sorry. And then start rebuilding the trust versus all of the excuses. All right. The second component. The first one was trust. Second one is honor. We, this is huge in our, in our ministry, in our church family. It's the second component that every relationship requires, honor. The word honor means to treat someone as important or to place proper value to them. To honor someone means not to take them lightly. It's saying, I'm, I'm not taking you lightly or casually. I respect, I respect you. I, I, just because I feel safe around you doesn't mean that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not honor you. Look at uh, Romans 12.10. It'll be on the screen for you. And the ESV says this. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo. Everybody say outdo. Outdo one another in showing honor. This is something my dad instilled in us and those of you that have been a part of the ministry for for up 10 years. That is something that he always honored. Something that I do try to do every Sunday is go, before we start service is go to all the different departments and cafe and, and those guys out front and in here with the teachers. Because the teachers don't get no love. Y'all just know that your kids disappear for an hour and 15 minutes. And when they come back, they're supposed to be changed. (laughs) So I'll go back and just simply say, hey, thank you for serving. Thank you for serving today. What am I doing? I'm honoring. I'm honoring them. You need to cultivate an honor atmosphere around you. That everybody, man, if you see Adam on on the streets... In uniform, man, thank you for serving. Thank you. I honor you. If you see a veteran, thank you for serving. I gravitate towards those gentlemen that, that, are, that are on the little scooters going into Walmart with their, with their, uh, with their, with their World War I, uh, II uh, hats on and veterans. I gravitate to them because I want to show honor. 
Here's the key to honor. Here's the key to honor. Honor must be shown. Let me say it this way. Unexpressed honor is not honor. It's only honor when it's expressed. Honor is not a thought. It's an expression. Let me, let me break that back into our married, married couples. Sir, honor your wife. Honor has to be shown. It's not just a thought. Well, I told her I loved her. If I change my mind, I'll let her know. Honor, honor your spouse. Honor your kids. Ansley Grace, thank you for cleaning the house yesterday. Honor, honor. Cultivate an honor atmosphere around you. Honor must be expressed. Why is this important? Write this down. Because wherever I refuse to, whatever I refuse to honor will eventually leave my life. Whatever I refuse to honor will eventually leave my life. Now, that doesn't mean you may go through a divorce, but the trust level will leave. The heat, where all my married people, y'all know I'm saying when I say bring the heat, the heat in your marriage will leave if you refuse to honor. I'm not saying you, you no longer, but, but those, those areas that make up your marriage, that make up a great, healthy marriage, they'll begin to leave because you refuse to honor. Honor is, 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 is an action, not, is an expression, not just a thought. Listen, you, for those of you in marriage, you may not always agree on the same things or have the same opinion about a matter, but you can always disagree without disrespecting the other person. Amen, you can disagree, but you can do it without disrespecting. You might, not dis, you might disagree with a certain politician. I'm not trying to go there, but I'm going to go there. But you can disagree without disrespect. I can disagree with, with their political values, but I can still respect the office that they hold. I'm calling, I'm calling the church back and I'm calling because God called me on the carpet. I may not agree, but I must respect the position, especially those, that are, those of us that are in a position because your position can be wiped away just as quickly. Amen. God's watching to see how you honor in spite of them. Yeah, but they're not honorable, but I'm honorable. They're not worthy, but his word says I'm worthy. I should be honoring. Honor is a choice. And the honor level that you live is your choice. I'm talking about building relationships. Uh, let me just go through these real quick. Honor resists gossip. Honor. A person of honor resists gossip. Don't talk about your friends. Hey, girl, come sit with us. Hey, I, I got to go to the restroom. She walks away. Girl, can you believe what she's wearing today? Don't gossip. Don't gossip about your pastor and his family. They're doing the best they can. <laughs> some of y'all don't have... Some of y'all don't have pot roast in your crock pot after church on Sundays. Y'all have grilled Pastor B. Listen, honor detests jealousy. I'm being humorous, but I'm telling you the truth. I told you I'd tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Even if it stings, it'll all be better in the morning. Honor detests jealousy. Honor stops sour... I always say... Sarcasm. I can't say that word. I always say sourcasm. Sarcasm. Honor refuses. Oh, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one's 
This one's tough for me. Honor refuses teasing at the expense of someone else's feelings. Because I used to give Amy heck about flying. She's like, why are you talking about me again today? Because you're on, front, you're on the front row, babe. <laughs> Listen, and I've seen people do it. I've seen spouses think they're trying to crack a joke to, to, to feel accepted in the room. And they'll do it about their spouse at the expense of their spouse's feelings. Then they wonder why when they get home, she went to the other room and slept in the other spare room. Talking about truthful stuff right now. Honor will not, honor will not be a part of cancel culture. I don't care what you think about it. That honor will not, honor cannot, will not ever be a part of cancel culture. Honor, what does honor do? Honor lifts others. Honor celebrates the strength in others. Honor covers weaknesses. Honor fights for others. Honor seeks understanding. Honor finds ways to encourage. As believers in Jesus, we ought to be people of honor. Now, this is, this, this, this is amazing what Paul says in Galatians 6.10. He says, so then as we have opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. Look for, look for opportunity. As we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. In other words, we're going to be kind to everyone. We're going to be good to everyone, but especially, everybody say especially. Underline that word in your, in your Bible if it's in your, in your, especially to those who are of the household of faith, especially to other believers. I'm going to be kind. They may go to another church. I'm going to be courteous. They may call and complain about our sign being too close to the road. Fellow Christians, I'm still going to be kind and courteous. It's real stuff. This is not me saying, hey, this is what we should be doing. I'm trying to model it in my own life. Because my flesh jumps and gets crunk just like yours does. We're supposed to be on the same team. You calling fouls on me? Confrontation, but do it in love. Confront, but do it in love. I know I'm making some people feel uncomfortable, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm teaching you how to fight fair when you're on the same team. Anything that causes anything, let me, uh, anything that creates division, all of it. Any of it, from this church to that church, anything is not of God, period. Selah. Okay, everybody say especially. I got I to move forward. I got to move forward. Say especially. God doesn't have favorites, but I do. I don't know if that offends you, but it is true. God doesn't have favorites, but I do. I have especiallys. She's my specialty. Amy Weber is my favorite. Taryn, Caitlin, and Ansley Grace, they're my favorite. My grandson, Tate, Tegan, Keith, he's my favorite. The new baby on the way, she will be my favorite. I don't know, I'm just speaking that. I don't know. Just, if I got some favor up there, God, you know what I'm saying? Favor. My family gets my very best. They're my especialies. My church family... Comes in right number two, number second. I guarantee you, you are getting, excuse me, 100% my very best after my family. Okay? Now, 
Who's got a cell phone that I can just hold for a minute? Uh-uh, bro. <laughs> He's like, I was hoping you'd drop it. I know, because it's like 25, 30 years old, I guess. I don't know. Don't let this thing and the people that can connect to you through this thing fall on your especially list. Hmm? Hmm? I'm going to bring this back to you in just a minute. What am I saying? You need to have an especially list. Make sure this isn't getting your best. Make sure this is not getting your best. Are you spending more time with this than you are your spouse? I'll never forget the first time. It's a new feature. Not everybody in my list likes it. But I, but, but I can't control who it goes to. It just covers everybody. But I'll never forget the first time I text one of my buddies and, 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 and it said, um, I want to make sure I read it exactly how it comes out on the iPhone. When you text somebody, you get this response that says, notifications have been silenced. I was like, all right, man of God, that's what I'm talking about. It's okay for you to go dark. It's okay to hit the power button. It will actually help preserve your precious. Just because they have your number doesn't mean that they get 24-hour access to you. This thing is letting people FaceTime you in the middle of the night when you're in your Superman underoos. Come on. You got way too much access. There should be a feature that allows people to go, can I FaceTime you? Because how many knows that once it hits your screen, if you mess up and hit yes, boom, they, they there, whether you're sitting on the toilet or not. And let me just say, that's a problem. If you can't even go to the restroom, and I'm not calling anybody, if you're spending way too much time on this thing. Did I just say that? I did. Come get this thing, because there's, there's an anointing on this phone, and it's just allowing me to say crazy stuff. But I'm telling you the truth. Stop allowing this thing to dictate and overmanage your life and keep you from the things that matter most. Your specialties. Hallelujah. I got to wind this thing down. I feel like I'm getting ready to get round two. Listen, I have to on purpose schedule downtime for my phone, or my phone will run my life. I am not doing a great job at it, but I must do better. And let me tell you something. When my phone, it's not there. That's just the case. When my phone goes silent, it's letting the people in my house, in my specialties group, know that I'm honoring them and they matter. When I purposely say, because they're used to seeing me when they walk in the door, I'm on my, and, I, and I'm, there's things that I am doing business-wise and things, but, but, but there must be an intentional moment where I turn it off and give full attention to those that are especially important to me in my life. I'm talking, I'm talking about this real stuff, this, this relationship stuff. Trying to get you to build healthy relationships. All right, let me give you the third one so I'm done. Third component that every relationship requires. It's not difficult. It's difficult to do it, but you're going to understand it right away. Love. Healthy relationships require love. What is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Ooh, don't hurt me no more. Y'all remember that song? What's love got to do with it? Everything. Everything. 
to building a healthy relationship, love has everything to do with it. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way, it is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never gives up. You might get mad, but never give up. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Love will never let you down. Love never fails. Here's the amazing thing about Paul's writing. He did not write this to the church at Corinth for, you, for us to insert or for them to insert into all their wedding ceremonies. This is not, even though, the, even, I read it last night, even though this works good in a marriage, this was not written for a marriage ceremony. This was written to a very wealthy, a very talented church. Listen. He was saying, what Paul was saying is, he was writing to a very wealthy, gifted church. And here's what he was saying. You have money, but you don't have love. You have gifting, but you don't have love. You have talent, but you don't have love. You have great speaking abilities, but you don't have love. And Paul is bringing them back. He's bringing the church back. And he's saying, you can have the faith to move mountains, but if you don't have love, you have absolutely nothing One of my final points, love is a choice, not a feeling. Love is a choice, not a feeling. Every one of these descriptions that Paul, that Paul wrote, love is patient, it's kind, every one of these are choices, not feelings. The day that we begin to, to engage in relationships based on how we feel is the day that you begin, you begin making spiral, downward spiral, bad choices. If you're making choices off of how you feel, I just don't feel like I love you anymore. Bye. That's a bad choice. <clears throat> love is a choice. You choose to or not to. <coughs> listen, emotions are... Listen to me. Listen to me. Because <laughs> when I saw Amy, I was like, isn't she lovely? Woo! About the Holy Ghost. No. There were feelings and emotions, but hear me. Emotions are not bad, but emotions cannot lead. Love must lead. Amen. Emotions cannot lead this church. Love must lead this church. Uh-huh. Emotions can't lead you, should not, should not. They can, oh, they can't. They can lead your life, but they should not lead, their life, lead your life because if they lead your life, they will lead you down a road of heartache and pain. Let love lead. Amen. Well, that's funny because the word says God is love. Ow! So guess what? Let God lead. In your marriage, in your relationships, you want a healthy relationship, bring God into the equation. In closing, if I'm making bad choices based on decisions and values, if if I'm making choices based on decisions and values in God's word and the leading of the Holy Spirit, my feelings will follow. So this is how I must live my life. I must remember that love is a choice, not an emotion. And love must be expressed. Love is the decision you make to ensure that those in your life, your specialties list. Love is the decision to make sure that that they feel valued, heard, safe, and special. So in order to build strong, solid, healthy relationships, I must offer trust, honor, and love. 
Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.